Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about the House Committee on UAPs slash UFOs. That's it. That's the whole episode. It's going to be that. But first, we have shout-outs, as always. Shout-outs going off to our patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac for even more Paranormal Almanac and fun stuff. Ah, but I will say, let me say, let me say this up front. Patrons, this one, this episode, is going to be for everyone. There's not going to be a patron extended edition because I didn't want to leave anything out and only include it on a Patreon edition because everybody, everybody needs to know everything that's going on about this House Committee and what was said on it. But first, as always, like I said, we got shout-outs going out to... Adam Morissette, Karen, Ethan, Sylvester, Duran, Nikki Loves James, Cobalt Slayer 42, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Anne, Stephen Cher, Jane Ann, Jennifer, Heather G, your friendly neighborhood skinwalker. Thank you for still being friendly. Zuzus, what's it? Nico Cher and the Mouse. Hey, howdy, hi. Rum says hi as well. Mark, Tortuga, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, the... Virginia Mailman. I almost said Virginia the Mailman. You're not the Mailman. You're Virginia Mailman, the, the cryptid. But next up, we have Tony the Magician. He is a magician. He actually sent me a link to his... Um, oh, I wish I had it up. I should be, I should be pimping him out. He's got, a, he's got an Instagram profile. Um, I'll try and find it. Um, or he can like blast it on like if he's on the Facebook fan page or whatever. But uh, he, he's a magician. He did. He's like, hey, here, here's a trick. And it was like, it was cool. I dug it. I, I seriously dug it. Thank you again for that, Tony. Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lobito Works, Glacier Main, Jen Jen, Stacy, Tracy, Kelly Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic. That one, you can just type in on Google, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic. Go to it. Thank me later. Sandy, Page, Couch, Bentman, 666, Andrew, Happy Belated, Scott A., Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties. I hope Charlotte, I hope they're all doing great, but I hope Charlotte and the Beasties are doing fantastically great. Elizabeth, Voidtech, Sherry, Art Muffin, Tim. Yes, Tim, it's coming up soon. Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexandra, George, Zozo the Demon. Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Paula, Jeff, Jerry, Jeff T., Joe, Lawrence, the Lauren Strong. Hey, howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, the Dungeon Master next door. Now, here's another fun thing. If you go to the Facebook fan page, I think there's a link to it there as well. Um, but there's actually been like a cool Paramaniacs D&D Patreon patron kind of a thing that's going to be happening. It seems like it's a real thing that's going to be happening. So... Look, if you like Paranormal Almanac and you like D&D, or if you only like one of those things, D&D, 
you should join that group. Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. Hmm. We're going to be uh, having some fun just a little bit. Hopefully, I'll have this episode out before I leave with them. Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. The Gamer Fan. The one, the only, the best. With two special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague and Stitch. And just in case you skip ahead and you missed it, this episode won't have a Patreon addition to it because this info needs to be for everyone. And my voice is cracking. Hold on a second. Okay. We're back. All right. Now, here's the hard part for this episode. I'd, I'm like, well, we got to do paranormal news, but the only thing that should be in paranormal news is the House Committee about UAPs. So instead, what I decided to do was find paranormal news that is not about the House Committee on UAPs. Have you ever seen Bigfoot riding on the back of Nessie while being sucked up into the sky by a UFO, all to the soundtrack of a choir of ghost cats being led by a black-eyed child? Is this story true? Well, there's only one place you're going to find out. Get all my news from Paranormal News. Listen carefully for the clues. The stories are strange and bizarre. It makes you wonder just who we are. Thank you, Buzz. I sure will. By the way, Buzz is the best. I'm just putting that out there. Um, he and I, he and I did some fun stuff. All right, can, can I talk now, Buzz? All right, good. He and I did some fun stuff, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And trust me, I'll be pimping it out like crazy as soon as I'm given the uh, the link to it. But uh, Buzz just does some phenomenal work. So if you got a chance, or if you get a chance, you should take a chance is what I'm saying. Take a chance on Buzz. All righty. The first story in paranormal news. Researchers throw a new twist into the age-old Loch Ness Monster tale. Not a monster. The Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, has left people scratching their heads for years, with many claiming they spotted the beast itself. Now it's got its own eel hypothesis, a paper dedicated to the theory that such sightings could have been eels. Researchers looked at the data from Loch Ness to understand the number of eels there and their average measurements. Hello, rum. Good morning. You already got a, not a rum sighting, but trust me, she just jumped on my lap. They discovered that eels were on the smaller side compared to the estimates of the Loch Ness Monster. Not a monster, just call her Nessie. Said to be roughly 1 to 2 meters according to one sighting. Another suggested it could be 15 to 20 meters. However... This is not quite the monster postulated that authors told the outlet. Indeed, the probability of finding a 6-meter, that's 20-foot, long eel in Loch Ness is essentially zero. Too low for the software used to provide a reliable estimate. Thus, while large eels may account for some eyewitness sightings of large animate objects rising to the loch surface, they are unlikely to account for sightings of extraordinary large animals which may instead be accounted for by wave phenomena, the occasional stray mammal, or other reasons. Or, there's a big freaking Nessie in the waters. That don't, don't count that out. It comes after several sightings last year were shot down by an academic who said they were simply whale junk. But that was, just, that was debunked. It's not, they're not looking at whale penises. Sorry, everybody. All righty, up next in paranormal news, 
I think it's the same story. I linked to both. All right, come on up here, Ron. Come up. You jumped up and jumped right back down. Yes, it is. No, the Loch Ness Monster isn't some giant eel. As science and folklore collide, statistical findings contradict the giant eel as Nessie hypothesis. So basically what I just told you in the last one, so that means we can move on. Up next in paranormal news, Missouri man claimed Bigfoot peeked in his bedroom window. It's one thing to be a mythical creature hiding somewhere in the Missouri forest. It's yet another to be a mythical creature getting caught peeking in a bedroom window, which is exactly what happened, according to a story shared by a guy in Missouri recently. Uh, let's see. A caller reports seeing a Sasquatch looking through his window 10 miles north of Willow Springs, Missouri. The caller was, was very thrilled and relieved to finally get this off his chest as it had been haunting his memory for many years. It says Jerry is an Air Force veteran and lives approximately here... I, there's a circle that means nothing to me, in the Missouri Ozarks, just north of Willow Springs. Well, then go find out. Is, is it a Bigfoot? Is he peeking through our window? As Jerry, as Jerry, as Jerry tells it, this encounter happened in 1974 or 75 when he was about 11 or 12 years old. The whole encounter took place in just 30 seconds. He was lying in bed, looked over his window, which was open, and he was alarmed to see a silhouette standing there, a large silhouette. Considering how high his window was up, the, up from the ground, the creature had to be almost 10 feet tall. He was frozen with fear. Jerry finally yelled to his father, Whoa, what just happened? What happened to the story that I was reading just blanked away? There we go. Jerry finally yelled for his father, who's, who ran for his shotgun to check outside the home. Whatever had been standing outside the window was now gone, but his sightings remain in Jerry's memory all of these decades later. He still believes the creature did not intend to harm him, but was just curious. The light in one of the rooms may have gotten his attention. He said there have been many strange reports of creatures like the one he encountered in his part of Missouri over the years. Did Jerry encounter a real Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Momo? Well, he and his family remain convinced that something paranormal happened that night, and he is at least re relieved there is now a way for him to share his story. There always has been. It's called the Internet. Then, it's <laughs> then the story gets really weird. It says, famous people who also believe in Bigfoot. Dan Aykroyd, Rob Lowe, Dean Kane. That's right. The worst Superman ever. Dean Kane says uh, he believes in Bigfoot. All right. Megan Fox. Sure, why not? President Theodore Roosevelt. That's true. Bobcat Goldthwait. There we go. Heck yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat Goldthwait, the best. He did a movie called Willow Creek. It was fantastic. He's done a bunch, bunch of movies that are fantastic. And he's just the nicest guy in the world. Les Stroud. Anne Marie Goddard. And, of course, the Finding Bigfoot cast. Well, yeah, they're in a TV show called Finding Bigfoot. So, way to get weird at the end of that story there. 101theeagle.com. Alrighty, up next in Paranormal News... Video Vault. Residents of Dulce, New Mexico, claim existence of UFOs and Bigfoot. Oh, there's a video. Let's click it. Let's see what happens. Nothing's happening. Oh, free commercial? I don't think so. You do not get to sponsor this part of this Paranormal Almanac episode. Weird computer commercial. Four seconds left. Please head over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. 
Dulce is a quiet, unassuming town nestled in northern New Mexico. Many of its residents are members of the Hikaria Apache tribe. They swear. I tell stories, but my nose isn't, isn't growing. <laughs> I like her. They are not making this up. They threw down a ladder from that, that spaceship. And then two small people started climbing down. Jerry Julian says she had her first extraterrestrial encounter right here on her Dulce Ranch about 40 years ago. It was huge. I just saw like just saw the bottom of it. You know, it was like flat like this. Many of her neighbors claim similar strange sightings. Fat in the middle and kind of like rounded on the sides. You're speechless, you know? Yeah. You just don't know what to think, you know. It's just like it's like nothing you've ever encountered before. Why are stories of the extraordinary ordinary here? I do not know. I do not know. Probably kind of that big uh, mountain we have right there, you know. Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archuleta Mesa here. Hey, I did an episode about that. Dulce. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. Do you believe that? Yeah. Well, a whole bunch of people seen it, you know. Like the ground opened up, steam coming out of it. They also claim they've seen some creatures cooked up in those experiments, like Bigfoot and something half-human. Down this way, the waist down, it's a goat. It has a tail. But up here, it's a man. People tell me Dulce wasn't always a center for supernatural activity. But then sometime in the 70s, things changed. That's when cows started turning up mutilated. They just cut out in between the lakes right here. We've seen one. I know it's not a predator. It's doing it. There's Someone's doing it. Local police never definitively said who's to blame. Locals say it has to be something out of this world. All righty, that was cool. I didn't even have to read anything to you. It's, but it's all about the Dulce base, which, again, I did an episode about. So if you haven't heard it, go back and find it because, you know, I, did, I took the time to make it. So please. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. Where are the most Bigfoot sightings in Colorado? It's considered one of the most elusive creatures. Whether you call it Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Yeti, there have been several sightings in Colorado. But let's find out where, which counties have the most sightings. The most, Bigfoot, the most Bigfoot sightings in our state have been reported in the following counties. Park County, 13 sightings. Teller County, 9 sightings. Cojones, Cojones? I can't be right. Cojones County, 7 sightings. Lake County, 8. Larimer, 8. El Paso, 7. Eagle, 7. Pitkin, 5. Route, 5. And Summit County, 5. The top states for Bigfoot sightings, Washington, then California, then Florida, Ohio, Illinois, Oregon, Texas, my home state of Michigan, Missouri, Georgia, and finally Colorado. There you go. There's some fun stats. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. This doesn't look like this is going to work, but let's try it anyway. Oh, it did, finally. It just was waiting a second there. This one was actually sent to me by a couple of paramaniacs, and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, well, I'll wait till the next episode to tell you what I think. Lake Champlain monster, not a monster, spotted on sonar? That's right, the sonar equipment aboard a, a boat on Lake Champlain recently picked up a rather remarkable object, which some believe could be Champ or Champy. I'll, the photo is fantastic. It's already on the Facebook fan page if you want to go take a look at it. The photo is fantastic, but this is sonar equipment 
going from the top down. It's not doing side scans. It's from above. And it shows a perfect outline of what you would picture, you know, Nessie to look like, a plesiosaur to look like. The problem would be that this thing would have to be on its side, not moving. It's just, it's just too good is what I'm saying. It's too perfect. If, if it was overview of just maybe the neck or something, I'd be like, whoa, all right, that's interesting. That's cool. But the fact that it's a perfect side profile of a plesiosaur, but taken from above, it's just, it's too good to be true. I want it to be true. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to guess that in a few weeks, if that, someone's going to come forward and say, ha ha, we, we tricked all you and you guys all believed it. So we'll wait and see. Alrighty. And finally in paranormal news, that's right. We're almost time. Don't worry. If you, if you've skipped ahead this far, just, just listen to this last story. Cause we're almost done. Then we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Video game camera photographs skunk ape in Florida. That's right, a skunk-like, skunk-ape-like creature was captured on game cam in Florida. And now I get to watch it. Because I never watch stuff. I never get to watch the stuff, or I never watch the stuff until the actual episode because I want it to be fresh. It's Rocky Mountain Sasquatch. Okay. Interesting game camera footage has been oh, circulating social monkey. media. From what I gather, one of the media sites it was shared with was Outcast Paranormal. This is what they said. My buddy that researches no. the Florida skunk All right. ape. I'm, I'm turning it down. I don't need to listen to that idiot. Uh, not, he might be a nice person. I don't know. That was mean of me to say. Uh, it's a monkey. It's obviously a monkey. There's You can tell the size of the tree in front of it and the trees around it. It's a monkey. So, yeah, there's a monkey in Florida. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of them. That's just a monkey. It is not a Sasquatch. It is not a skunk ape. So, with that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. With the actual topic at hand, the House Committee on UAPs. All right, we'll be right back in just one second. We are back. On this edition, I want to break down what was said and what wasn't said in this week. Uh, the House Committee on UAPs that happened just this past Wednesday. Because first and foremost, it amazes me how little press this is getting. Sure, I could have done an entire paranormal news on just the sites that were kind of talking about it. But this just shows you how bad life has gotten where the world doesn't stop and go, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, what was that? You said, what was that you said just now about crashed UFOs and alien bodies? We, ha we have, the we do? Oh, all right, cool. Frontline news, extra, extra, UFOs, crashed UFOs, alien bodies. No. Look, I get it. It's hard to be amazed when the world's on fire and politics is such divisive BS and billionaires are running around crying about social media websites and all that stupid nonsense. Congrats, everyone. That's as political as I'm going to get on this episode. Yep, that little thing that I just said, politics is divisive. That's as political as I'm going to get. So... It really did surprise me how few people posted about it. And then when they did post about it, they pretty much got it wrong. Like, they really did. There was, it seems to be that people tuned out after the first couple seconds or just said, eh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't believe them, that kind of nonsense. I'll, I'll admit, it started slow. I watched it live, 
and it does start very slow. It's a it's a House committee. It's U.S. politics, U.S. government. It's gonna start slow. I thought, you know, I thought here's another nothing will be said UFO government committee where they congratulate themselves for bringing it to our attention, which a lot of the people on there did, but nothing would ever come of it. I really thought like when it first started, I was like, nah, this isn't what I wanted. This is going to, this isn't going to be good. But once it got going, man, did it get going. Now for everybody who's saying, I can't find all the information or I don't want to watch the whole thing. I'm going to do bullet points in just a minute. I'm going to tell you who the people are, the three men that were on the, the, the panel the, that were talking to the House committee. I'm going to tell you what was said. I'm going to bullet point it for everybody. So anybody can listen to this episode from this moment. If you wanted to skip all that stuff in the beginning, that sucks, but that's fine. It's on you. Start it from here, and I'm going to go through the bullet points, who said it, who, are, who they are, what it means, all the little acronyms and all that fun stuff. I'll do it all for you so you don't have to do it if you don't want to. I never thought I would hear decorated top secret level government officials whistle blow that loudly. I knew what he was going to say, Grush that is, and I, I was still shocked at about how candidly he was saying it. All right, wait, one more political, but not really, but still statement. There was this one guy on the committee that was so proud of himself that he joked about how they were called Tic Tacs, not TikTok, and that communist site. And he wasted committee time to wish his wife a happy anniversary. But hey, buddy, get your own TikTok. Do that crap on your own time. Stop wasting these guys' time that are telling us about UFOs and, and aliens. All right, with that, let's get to the UFOs. Yes, they call them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. They used to be called UFOs, Unidentified Flying Objects. It means the same thing. I can go into why they changed it a while ago. It doesn't matter. For this whole thing, whether I call them UAPs or UFOs, they are the same things. Flying saucers is what I'm talking about. All right, who was there? Why should we care? Sadly, I have to do this part up front because I've already seen in social media arguments where people who think they know everything were talking utter nonsense. They were saying, oh, this guy was just a paid actor or just a paid shill from Trump or a paid shill from Biden or he's only saying this because Biden is blah, 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 and they're only saying this because Trump is blah, blah, blah in the news. No. These men are not Trump-appointed or Biden-appointed con men meant to distract us from whatever BS is happening in America right now. These instances are not new. They go back decades. The stories that these men talk about, one of them happened in 2004. One of them happened in the 30s, 1930s. These men aren't going to get rich coming forward with this stuff. In fact, they said at the committee... There had been threats on them and their families' lives. They do not need this crap. All three of these men, I'm going to say this again, all three of these men are highly decorated, respectable military officers with illustrious careers, and none of them need to be whistleblowing for attention as some people swear they are. Got it? So who are the three men that talked? Well, first, we have Ryan Graves, he was the executive director of Americans for Safe Aerospace. Then 
a retired Air Force major, David Grush, talked. He talked about the bulk of it. He knew the majority of it. And then finally, retired Navy commander, David Fravor. Again, career military men, all three of them. Ryan Graves, executive director of Americans for Safe, for space, for safe Aerospace. Wow. Retired Air Force Major David Grush, retired Navy Commander David Fravor. Let's focus first on the big one. The man that gave up his entire government career to whistleblow. That's United States Air Force officer and former intelligence official David Grush. Here is an incomplete background for him, but enough that you can actually get an idea of where this man is coming from and why it's important what he's saying. 18 years ago, he received an Air Force scholarship in physics. So, boom, stop. This man isn't some hillbilly soldier. He knows what he's talking about. All right, let's keep going. He was originally commissioned on active duty and served 14 years in the Air Force. He is a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan, a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. He has been cleared at the top secret slash secret compartmented information level. Boom, let's stop there. That is very important because of his testimony. He had higher clearance than some of the people on the committee. He had access and worked on top clearance level government work. Top clearance level. That's what I'm talking about. He's not guessing. He had the clearance to see the files, the photos, the information. He has top-level clearance. All right, let's keep going. Grush was a GS-15 civilian, which is the military equivalent of a colonel. He has numerous awards and decorations for, for his participation in covert and clandestine operations to advance American security. I'm going to go over, like, what people said about him later on in this, but let's get to his testimony first. He said, My last position, which I left in April of 2023, I co-led the UAP portfolio for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. That's unidentified aerial phenomena. UFOs, people. He led that. He co-led that. And he said, Some of the highest officials within the Department of Defense and intelligence communities used to call on me to advise them on some of the hardest target sets that the country had. Let me repeat that part. Some of the highest officials within the Department of Defense and the intelligence community used to call on him to advise them on some of the hardest target sets the country had. This guy was top level. He knows what he's talking about. He went from being part of the Pentagon's UAP task force to becoming a whistleblower. Why? Well, he told the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittees that he had been denied access to some government UFO programs, but he knows the exact locations of UAPs in U.S. possession. That right there is headline worthy. He knows of the exact locations of UFOs that the U.S. government is in possession of. Not a guess, not conjecture, but his work in the government gave him access to files and people with the clearance that actually knows where the UFOs are. Well, were now, because I bet money, well, I don't know. <clears throat> I was going to say I bet money that they're going to be moved immediately, but maybe not. 
the government seems so blasé about this whole thing, they might not move any of the UFOs. It might be the exact locations still. There is a good chance, and I'm basing this on his testimony, that we have known where these UFOs have been stored the entire time. There's all of these, you know, hints, and I'll call them rumors, but they're not really rumors. There's hints and talks about crash, you know, like retrieved UFOs, where they were taken to, where they were worked on, where they were reverse engineered. It's been talked about for decades and then, like, yeah, like 70-something years. So, yes, let me make this part as clear as he did in the committee. Grush said... He hasn't personally seen any alien vehicles or alien bodies in person. But this is based on the accounts of over 40 witnesses he interviewed over four years in his role with the UAP task force. He said, my testimony is based on information that I have been given by individuals with a longstanding track record of legitimacy and service to this country, many of whom shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony, and that the trove of evidence has been intentionally kept secret from Congress. This shows me how reputable he is. He didn't just Snowden leak this stuff. He's trying to go about it legally, ethically, and safely. He's whistleblowing the best way that he possibly can to get this information out. And hopefully, others will you know, take his lead and start doing the same. Some of these people that have the photography, the official documents, that oral testimony, some of those people hopefully will come forward because of what he is doing now. It's disclosure. It's already disclosure. His testimony alone says that we have crashed UFOs and recovered bodies. I'll get to that in a little bit. That's disclosure. That's it, people. You don't have to say, well, when's disclosure happening? It happened, and the world went, huh, maybe, and moved on. Uh, Just as telling, I will say this, that when I was watching it, just as telling as his answers were, when he said, like, oh, you know what? I couldn't answer something because many times, like, like he basically was like, I'm I'm sorry, I can't answer that. Like, like, how do I want to word this? Many times during the hearing, Grush didn't just answer the questions he, he'd be like, nope, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. Or he answered with, um, he could only elaborate in a skiff. That was very telling. What a skiff is, is a sensitive, compartmented information facility. You need to have the clearance level. Then you go into the skiff with him and either read the documents that he has, that he handed out to the committee, or he can elaborate on the question that you asked him. So those people needed to have the clearance because he has the clearance, which means he can't publicly say what it is, but he would gladly say what it is to people who could get into the skiff with him. Once again, that's a sensitive, compartmented information facility. Those answers told me way more than just his regular yes and no answers. Like some of them, they're like, you know, have you, do? does the U.S. have alien bodies? And he'd be like, well... I can give you that answer. I can elaborate on that answer in a skiff. That's a yes, people. That's a yes. That's not me guessing that's a yes. That's a yes. Because this is what would happen. Um, My neighbor had this great example. So I'm just going to give it to you straight how my neighbor said it. 
He's like, this is what happened if someone came up to me and said, do you have a unicorn in your backyard? I'd go, what? No. Now, if someone said, do you have a unicorn in your backyard? And I went, um, I'm not at liberty to tell you publicly because of my clearance if I have a unicorn in my backyard. But if you want to go into a skiff with me, I can elaborate in there. Those are two very different answers. There is no reason for me to have said, we'll go, we'll talk about it in a skiff if I've got a unicorn or not. No, the answer is no. This is very telling. So if you do want to go back and watch the House Committee, um, the whole hearing, watch what he says when he says, like, I can't elaborate on that because it's not, you know, it's not public knowledge. I need, you know, you need clearance to know this. Those answers told me way more than his regular answers. Now, Grush was asked, uh, said he was asked in 2019 by the head of a government task force on UAPs to identify all highly classified programs relating to the task force mission. This is trying to find out information on UFOs. He was head to, he was told to identify all highly classified programs relating to UFOs. Now at the time, Grush was detailed to the National Reconnaissance Office. That's the agency that operates U.S. spy satellites. He said, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program to which I was denied access. Remember, he has top access, top level clearance. He has the top secret slash secret compartmented information level clearance. He was denied access but was informed that we can't show it to you. We, you don't have the access. You don't have the level clear, clearance level to look at it, but there has been a multi-decade UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Grush said that the recoveries of partial fragments through and up to intact vehicles have been made for decades. Through to the present day by the government, its allies, and defense contractors. That is another headline-making statement. He is saying that we've recovered UFOs and alien bodies since the 30s. That's right. Go back and watch the House Committee. He said that. We have recovered UFOs and alien bodies since the 30s. Not just recovered, but reverse-engineered them. He went on to say, analysis is determined that the objects retrieved are, quote, of exotic origin. Everyone listen to this next part. Shut up. Everyone shut up and listen to these next words. Non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based on the vehicle's morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures, the material includes intact and partially intact vehicles. Non-human intelligence. Some sites have tried to spin that to say, oh, he just means that they're, you know, like private sector. They're, they're not our government. They're Chinese. They're Russian. They're pick a country. No, that is not what he said. 
exotic origin, non-human intelligence. He said, whether it's extraterrestrial or, or unknown origin, because he does not know the origin, but they are non-human. He is talking aliens. That is not me connecting dots that aren't there. That is not me taking a guess at what he's saying. That is what he said. Now, like I said, he only talked about cleared or open publication stuff, and he referred the committee to talk to him in skiffs after the hearing. He was very open to be like, can't talk about that. It's not for public consumption. All right, get down, Rum. Thank you. He was saying throughout the whole thing, I can't answer that because of the clearance level. But if you'd like to talk to me in the skiff after the hearing, I can elaborate. Obviously, if they have the clearance level. His on-the-record statements were all cleared for open publication on April 4th and April 6th of 2023 in documents that he provided to the committee. Some of those documents, the committee members didn't have the clearance level to read. Now, Grush also talked about these projects were funded, saying that the UFO legacy programs have long been concealed within multiple agencies nesting UAP activities in conventional secret access programs without appropriate reporting to various oversight committees. What does that mean? Let's unpack that whole wordy thing. What he's saying is, how are we, how are we, where's the funding for this reverse engineering and all of these defense contractors and governments and allies that are reverse engineering UFOs? He said, well, it's being concealed. They pack in the little UAP activities into conventional secret access programs. So you know how like every year when the government's like, hey, we spent $7 billion on a wrench. And everybody's like, it's not a wrench. You guys are making like bombs and tanks and stuff. Well, guess what? Packed in there are even more secret multiple agencies regarding UAP activities. He said that he reported to Congress on the existence of a decades-long, publicly unknown Cold War for recovered and exploited physical materials, a competition with near-peer adversaries over the years to identify UAP crashes and landings and retrieve the materials for exploitation slash reverse engineering to garner asymmetric national defense advantages. That part is another all-stop. What is that wordy thing saying? Well... He said, top secret programs, competition with other near-peer adversaries. That's Russia, that's China, that's Japan, that's whoever. You know, pick a country. They're all trying to find UFO crashes and landings and retrieve the crafts for exploitation and reverse engineering to increase their own national defenses. We are not the only government with UFOs and aliens and that many countries were doing this for their own national defense. That's as clear as I can make it. Yet again, a lot of people seem to have missed that. Now, this, uh, this isn't a one-and-done hearing, though. I want to make sure that everybody's aware of that. This one started last year in 2022. Again, Grush provided Congress with hours of recorded classified information transcribed into hundreds of pages, which includes specific data about the material recovery program. Congress has not been provided with any physical materials, though. That's their big thing that they kept saying. Well, we haven't been given any physical materials. 
you're right. You, you weren't given a UFO. You weren't given an alien body. True. Neither has Grush. These are top secret programs. They're not just going to hand them over. Individuals on these UAP programs approach me in my physical, physical capacity and disclose their concerns regarding a multitude of wrongdoings, such as illegal contracting against the federal acquisition regulations and other criminality, and the suppression of information across a qualified industrial base and academia. That's what Grush Academia. That's what Grush said. He is saying that people that are part of these programs approached him because they had concerns about a lot of wrongdoings and mishandlings of UFOs and alien bodies. Illegal contracts against the federal acquisition regulations. That's why he whistleblowed. That's why he came forward. And it's also not just him. The other two at this hearing you know, said the same thing because several current members of the recovery program spe- uh, spoke to the inspector general's office and corroborated the information that Grush had provided on the classified complaint. It's not just him. Many people are doing this. Many people are coming forward, including the other two men on this panel. People are coming forward. Grush is just that the spotlight is on him. And it's probably a good thing because of how well he handled himself on the committee. He gave detailed long-winded, if you might say, but very well-worded answers that were very important. He said stuff when he couldn't say stuff. That's how good he was at this House committee. This man is a genius of how to give information without giving the information. Uh, let's see. Um, let's talk about some people that, that have worked with Grush. There's Carl E. Nell. He's a recently retired Army colonel, current aerospace executive, who was the Army's liaison for the UAP task force from 2021 to 2022. He worked with Grush there. He characterizes Grush as, quote, beyond reproach. And in case you go, well, what does that mean? He's saying this guy tells the truth. He is a stand-up person who's telling the truth. Then, Jonathan Gray, a generational officer of the United States intelligence community with a top-secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, NASIC, where the analysis of UAP has been his focus, previously said, serving private aerospace, oh, uh, he said, ah, here we go. The non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone. Retrievals of this kind are not limited to the United States. This is a global phenomena, and yet a global solution continues to elude us. There's another person. Again, generational officer of the United States intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, uh, previously had experience serving the Private Aerospace and Department of Defense Special Directives Task Force, also said, non-human intelligence is real. We are not alone. Aliens are real. UFOs are real is what he's saying. Retrievals of UFOs are not limited to the United States. It's a global phenomena. That is huge, huge stuff. That alone, again, should be weeks worth of headline news, but it didn't even end there. Let's keep going. Because next we have David Fravor, who's a retired commander in the U.S. Navy. He has a very long written statement to the House Committee. Let me go over some of it, not all of it. 
Uh, he said, my name is David Frere. I'm a retired commander in the U.S. Navy. In, no in November of 2004, I was the commanding officer. That's important. He was the commanding officer of Strike Fighter Squadron 41, the world-famous Black Aces. We were attached to Carrier Air Wing 11, stationed on board the USS Nemitz. Already, if you're into the UFO thing at all, you should be going, wait, USS Nemitz, 2004? That's the Tic Tac videos. That's right. The guy from the Tic Tac videos spoke at the hearing. He said, as we launched off the USS Nemitz, Nimitz, uh, we checked with the air controller on the USS Princeton. We were told the training was going to be suspended for real-world tasking. My wingman joined up, and we proceeded towards a contact on the west of our combat air patrol point. The cap point is where we would hold prior to, com to commencing our training runs roughly 40 miles south of the ship. As we proceeded to the west, and as the air controller counted down the range, we had nothing on our radars. He said, we have nothing on our radars. We were unaware of what we were going to see when we arrived. The air controller on the ship also had no idea, but had been observing these objects on their combat system for the previous two weeks. Not two days, not two minutes, not two hours, two weeks. He said they had been descending from 80,000 feet and coming down to 20,000 feet, would stay for hours, then going straight back up. In the committee, he said, just to clarify, 80,000 feet is space. These things were coming down from space, rapidly down to 20,000 feet, would stay for hours, then go straight back up. When we arrived at the location at 20,000 feet, the controller called merge plot, which means that our radar blip was now in the same radar resolution cell as the contact. As we looked around, we noticed some white water off our right side. The weather on that day was, uh, was close to perfect, as you could ask. Clear skies, light winds, calm seas, no white caps on the waves. So the white water stood out in the large blue ocean. As all four looked down, we saw a small white tic-tac-shaped object with, with its longitudinal wait, longitudinal access pointing north and south and moving very abruptly over white water. There were no rotors, no rotor wash, or any visible flight control surfaces like wings. As we started clockwise to observe the object, we, uh, we decided to get down a closer look, and we stayed in high cover to observe both us and the Tic Tac. We proceeded around the, the circle around, ah, it just gets kind of technical. Basically, it's the Tic Tac video. If you don't know what a Tic Tac UFO video is, Go to YouTube, Tic Tac UFO video. The important thing is, in closing, I would like to say the Tic Tac object that we engaged in November 2004 was far superior to anything we had at the time, have today, or looking to develop in the next 10 plus years. If we, in fact, have programs that possess this technology, it needs to have oversight from those people that the citizens of this great country elected to office to represent what is best for the United States and in the best interest of its citizens. He knows what he's talking about. He's an experienced pilot. He was there. He saw these things. And he said, I've never seen anything like it. He said, as he and the other pilot tried to get closer to the mysterious craft, it rapidly accelerated and disappeared right in front of our aircraft, leaving no detectable turbulence. The technology that we faced was far superior to anything that we had. And then he says, this is very important. I'm not a UFO fanatic, but what we saw with these four sets of eyes, we have nothing close to it. It was incredible technology. He said it was several years before any officials followed up on the extraordinary events of the day, and even then he added nothing was done. He said when they returned, it was more like a story that everybody was like talking about, and nothing official ever happened, and they said, 
what did uh, what did your commanding officer say? And he said, I was the commanding officer. No one talked to him about these things. He made the report. Nothing was really done with it for years. Then when that, that video was either leaked or released, that's when people started to take him seriously or started to ask him about it. Then we have Navy fighter pilot Ryan Graves. He said he had an incident with a flying object off the coast of Virginia Beach in 2014 while flying an F-18. He said he came upon an aircraft that looked like, quote, dark gray or black cube inside of a clear sphere that he estimated to be about 15 feet in diameter and like unlike any aircraft he has ever seen. He claimed the UAP would remain stationary despite hurricane force winds. Stop. Let me repeat that. The UFO would remain stationary despite hurricane force winds. He told lawmakers his squadron submitted a safety report at the time, but he received no official acknowledgement of the incident. According to the other, uh, to the formal, according to him, basically, UA, UAP encounters in that region were, quote, not rare or isolated. Big stuff right there as well. Uh, he since founded the Americans for Safe Aerospace. That's a group that, it's, that supports aviators who have reported UAPs. He basically wants to take the stigma off of people that fly that want to report UFOs, which I think is fantastic. It is needed. It is needed. It is needed. He estimated that only about 5% of UAP sightings are reported to the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. 5%. He said, if everyone could see the sensor and video data I witnessed, our national conversation would change. I urge us to put aside stigma and address the security and safety issues this topic represents. If UAPs are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem. If it's something else, it's an issue for science. In either case, unidentified objects are a concern for flight safety. The American people deserve to know what is happening in our skies. It is long overdue. Yeah, that's... That's a solid statement. I don't need to repeat it. That's a solid statement. All three men on the panel said they would like to see a safe and transparent centralized reporting system. They added they're hopeful that public discourse is the first step of eliminating stigma around reports of UAPs, UFOs, to encourage others to come forward. Uh, real quick, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Arrow, basically, office has received 366 reports of UAPs since last summer. All right, still kind of wordy. Let's do some bullet points real quick. UFOs were spotted accelerating to supersonic speeds. The technology we face is far superior to anything we had, and there's nothing we can do about it. That's from Fravor. The government is absolutely in possession of UAPs and bodies. Let's see, it was Representative Moskowitz um, asked how the program is funded. That's when Grush said it's above congressional oversight, bankrolled by a mis misappropriation of funds. He said, does that mean there's money in the budget that is set to go to a program, but it doesn't, and it goes someplace else? And he says, yes, I have specific knowledge of that. He talked about how UFOs have harmed or killed people and reverse engineering them has also harmed or killed people working on those programs. Next, 
non-human biologics, alien bodies. That's what they're talking about. We're found at a crash site. Uh, Representative Burleson, Burleson, whatever, um, he asked about the crashed UFO claims, and he said, I can't give specific details because the information is too sensitive to share with the public. He said, I have to be very careful here, but what I have personally witnessed, myself and my wife, was very disturbing. UAPs, whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military and our civilian aircraft, and that must be understood. That was according to Representative Garcia. He said, we should encourage more reporting, not less on UAPs. The more we understand, the safer we'll be. All right. So that about does it for... Don't don't end the episode yet. Calm down. There's still stuff. That about does it for the House Committee panel. What happened afterwards? Did the government come forward and say... Oh, yeah. No, they're right. Here's what we know, and here's here's the UFO, and here's the alien bodies. <laughs> no. The Pentagon spoke. They said, UAPs, whatever they may, may be, whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military and our civilian aircraft. It must be understood. They said, um, Sue Gao, Go, Gauf, in a statement to Time, the Department of Defense has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. The department is fully committed to openness and accountability to the American people. The DOD is committed to timely and thorough reporting to the government, to Congress. And if you believe that, you missed the whole point of this whole thing. Because nothing to what she said is even remotely, remotely to... like close to being true it's ridiculous that they try to say oh no we're open we're look we're we're fine you don't you we're we're good people have tried to discredit and just flat out say nope no oh not true to three brave decorated military men with the balls to go up in front of a seriously divided government right now and tell the truth then jeremy corbell he wrote Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick made dangerous errors in his public response regarding the recent congressional UFO hearing that we planned and held this past Wednesday, July 26th in Washington, D.C. Other than Dr. Kirkpatrick seemingly not knowing the difference between one whistleblower, David Grush, and two decorated Top Gun fighter pilots and UAP witnesses, Commander Fravor and Lieutenant Graves, Dr. Kirkpatrick intentionally or ignorantly conflated critical factual issues making me think that he literally doesn't understand the human language. I'm with you, Jeremy Corbell. Bravo. He said, I'm not going to let this go unchecked. Not at this critical moment in our history when the world is watching how people like David Grush, a true whistleblower, is being treated by our government agencies and the public. Especially, I'm not going to be silent after Dr. Kirkpatrick has been given all reasonable opportunities to be straight and honest with the American public and has objectively failed and bestowed that with that great duty and privilege. Understand this. Interfering with Congress and whistleblowers is illegal, like jail time illegal. And we should not stand for that kind of witness intimidation or character assassination ever. People in power should have a healthy respect for the legions of citizen journalists or mainstream journalists because everyone is watching how, how those like Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick are acting right now. Journalists from around the world are watching. There's a whole thing on what Kirkpatrick said. It's horse crap, and I'm not going to include it on this. He's trying to discredit and ridicule 
the the men that came forward. Jeremy Corbell's right. Screw that guy and everything about him. Don't try to intimidate witnesses or or make fun of or delegitimize what they're saying because it is not even remotely what they deserve. These men came forward at great personal expense to their own careers, their own safety, and their family's safety. They came forward. These people that are, these regular people on social media that are just like, eh, I don't know, they're actors. Eh, I don't know. They work for blah, blah, blah. They work for him. They work for that guy. They work for this guy. They're just trying to cover up to keep us our, to keep our minds off of this, this story that's on the news right now. No, they're not. Knock it off. I get it. The country's never been more divided. Immediately, if I say the Democrats are right, half the people listening to this podcast stop listening to this podcast. If I say Republicans are right, half the people that listen to this podcast stop listening to this podcast. And you might be going, yeah, bullshit. No, it's not. It's 100% true. I've seen it happen. I can watch the numbers. I can see the threats that I get, the messages that I get about how dare you talk about pick a president, Biden, Trump, Obama, whoever. How dare you talk about that? You're just making up. You're just another political podcast. And why don't you keep politics out? Look, people, I get it. We're, we have never been more divided than we are right now. But both sides came forward to this House committee. Both sides talked about, we need to know what's happening with UFOs, UAPs, alien bodies, reverse engineering. Both sides. This is no longer a political issue. This is an issue for not only our country, but for our world. Other countries are doing what we're doing, reverse engineering UFOs. They have alien bodies as well. Now is the time for everybody to come forward and say, yes, it's true. Here you go. It's not going to end the world. It barely made the news this week. It's ridiculous. People would rather talk about Hunter Biden than they would about the UFOs that were being talked about this week. I don't care what side of the political divide you're on. I really don't. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with UFOs, alien bodies, recoveries, retrievals, reverse engineering. Here's our chance to come together to find out the truth. Yet on social media... That divide is still there, and people can't put it aside to just, you know what? I do agree with the other side. We should find out what's going on with the UFOs. Yep, there we go. And yeah, I know I said I wasn't going to talk politics, but it's the end of it. You could have stopped this by now. And if you do listen to it, you would know I don't care. I don't care what side you're on of the political divide. Let's stop that nonsense. Let's come together on this issue. If you want to say we can't come together because X, Y, and Z, and they're all evil, and, and they eat babies or whatever, stop. Just stop. Not what we're talking about here. Don't care. Put it aside for right now. Let's talk about UFOs and alien bodies. Leave the rest of it to the side or in the trash where it belongs. Here's our chance. Here's our chance to find out the truth. These three men and others that spoke as well, that, that wrote down their, their statements, they need to be heralded as the heroes they are because this is our big, big chance to come forward, to get the truth, to end all the speculation. And, hey, guess what? Everybody like me 
that have been, you know, shouting and spouting it from the top of the mountains forever that UFOs are real, that aliens are real. This is our week to go, yeah, told you so. Yep. This is our told you so moment. We've already gotten a bunch of them in the past. Here's the next big one. Here's our next big told you so. We're right. UFOs are real. Aliens are real. Neil deGrasse Tyson, stop it. It doesn't need an extraordinary proof. You got your proof. You don't believe it? Get that top clearance level, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Get into a skiff with these people. Look at the documents. Look at the photos. Talk to the people. Knock it the crap off. UFOs are real. Aliens are real. And if you're too proud to say that you were wrong about that, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you're not doing science any credit. That's right. Boom. Hammer thrown. Thrown down. Don't care. I'm sick of it. I really am. Like, there is no reason for anyone to question this stuff anymore. Yet, people are questioning it because, well, I don't know. I, you know, the news, the news is, I can't trust the news anymore. Cool. What news source do you go to? Because you could have watched this House committee thing. You could have seen Democrats and Republicans both talking to men that are decorated officers with a top-level clearance that are talking about UFOs and aliens. You could have seen it for yourself. It's not AI. It's not a trick. And it's not meant to distract you from whatever you think is going on in the world that needs to distract you on. It isn't for that. Stop it. Listen to what these people are saying. Here is your entire recap. Share this with whom, whatever uncle at Thanksgiving that drives you crazy because of what he thinks. This isn't tinfoil hat time, people. This is reality. This isn't some hillbilly out in the woods. These are decorated officials. These are people that were there, that saw them that saw two of these men in planes, in fighter jets, saw UFOs that are so advanced, they are nothing we could ever have in 10 plus years. They have no reason to lie. They have no reason to be up there. They have no reason to make this crap up. It's real. It happened. There's your recap. All right, so hopefully you guys like this one. There is your recap, though. Like, honestly, I don't think, you know, I think this is PG. I think I don't think I went to PG-13 R rating with my language. You could play this for just about anybody. I think I cleared up a lot of those long-winded answers, not making stuff up, not trying to conjecture, not trying to guess what he was saying, just plain English dumb it down for everybody was my entire goal, and hopefully... That happened. So, with that, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Zamkin. This has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Remember, UFOs are real, aliens are real, a lot of governments have them. Oi, rocks, UFO eat.